Big Bertha is an iconic name. Some of the longest and straightest clubs in all of golf. Now, the legend just got even easier to hit. The new Big Bertha irons from Callaway are powered by a suspended energy core, a totally new construction, to deliver easy launch, long, consistent distance with incredible sound and feel. This is by far Callaway's easiest-to-launch distance iron ever. Get big-time distance now. Experience Big Bertha irons today at your local golf shop or at callawaygolf.ca. Canola's big business in Canada, but for nearly two months, that business has taken a hit because of a ban on Canadian canola by China. That ban is especially hard felt in Saskatchewan, which grows more than half of the canola that Canada produces. Now, the Chinese regime says it's because of concerns over pests, but it's likely a part of a growing trade war that was sparked with the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou last year. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10 3. We look at the origins of the ban, the potential hit to the Canadian economy, and what Saskatchewan's premier is trying to do about it. Don't forget, we're on all major listening platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a review, and tell your friends about us. Murray Madrick is a provincial political columnist for the Regina Leader Post. So Murray, for those who haven't been following the canola file. Why is Premier Scott Moe upset over canola? Well, two reasons. It's a very big deal. Uh, And it's not just a big deal to Saskatchewan agriculture or the Saskatchewan economy. Canola actually, in terms of imports, uh, uh, Chinese imports from Canada, what we export is one of the bigger commodity products. Uh, And Right now, we're sitting at a $40 billion trade deficit annually uh, between China and Canada. One of the reasons it's not particularly higher is because of canola. In any given year, Canada uh, uh, exports, I think, 20 uh, million tons of canola, depending obviously on the crop Hmm. year. Half of that comes from Saskatchewan, uh, with probably about a quarter coming from Alberta, once again, depending on plantage, uh, the crop year, etc. So we're dealing with a situation where if you look at it and look at the price of it, we're dealing with with a big time product that has to move and move quickly. China takes about 40% of all canola uh, that's grown in Canada. And more uh, appropriately, China actually uh, takes 60% of the world import market of canola. So to have China in this particular position of saying, we don't want your Canadian canola, it becomes a big economic deal. And politically, it's a big deal because Scott Moe, like Jason Kenney, uh, and several other uh, conservative premiers across this uh, country right now are in a big fight with the federal liberal government and Justin Trudeau. So when we're talking about the hit to companies in Saskatchewan, I, I, just because that may be more under your purview, like how many exporters are affected here? There's roughly thirty to 40,000 farmers left in Saskatchewan right now, and every one of them is a small business that's reliant right now on international commodities, international market, and more significantly is making a decision right now as to whether uh, whether and what they should plant right now based on how commodities are moving. If you have your largest customer for canola, which is China, basically saying we're not taking your product. It's really affecting thirty or 40,000 what amounts to small businesses in Saskatchewan. And any premier is going to stand up and take notice of that. 
Scott Moe is going to especially take notice of that, uh, given the makeup of the Saskatchewan legislature, where there are actually 29 of what we consider rural seats in Saskatchewan. Well, guess what? The SAS party controls all 29 and has a majority government and depends on those 29 seats in a, in a 63-seat legislature to maintain that uh, majority government. So it's politically a big deal, economically a big deal, affecting a lot of individual business uh, businesses that are farmers, uh, producers. So there would be incredible pressure on any premier to deal with this issue in any way they can under the current circumstances we are in right now, which is just the start of the seating year. Taking a step back from the the current issue and and uh, concerns over you know how we're addressing this, how did this all start? How do we get to the point that China decided they don't want Canadian canola? Well, this all started with Huawei and uh, the uh, uh, the extradition proceedings related to the Huawei uh, chief financial officer that was detained in Vancouver last December, I believe. Now the auspices of China's decision for this is stated as something quite different. It's that they've all of a sudden, after years of taking Canadian canola, found something wrong with what the Richardson shipment and basically decided that all Canadian canola needed to be stopped and uh, and tested, et cetera, et cetera, uh, because it, it was a threatened health risk, which most people rightly see as a bogus uh, decision based on the politics of the day. Right now, they're trying to, and they being the Canadian government and whatever diplomatic relationships we have, are trying to basically make the case that no, you do not have a valid argument to suggest that there's any mold or anything else in Canadian canola that would uh, make it a product not worthy of, of import into your country. But we all kind of really know that that's not the reason. We all know this happened since the retaliatory action when the, under the extradition process where, uh, where the Huawei executive is now waiting uh, to uh, go to the United States for further proceedings uh, pending uh, court outcome. So really, it's more of a political thing uh, than, than any kind of reason stated for the quality of product. It obviously isn't the first time Saskatchewan agriculture and this country has experienced that in trade. 15 years ago, we were in the middle of uh, another crisis in the cattle industry affecting Alberta and, uh, and uh, Saskatchewan because of the BSE crisis, the mad cow disease, because one uh, cow, and it later turned out to be a handful of cows, were picked up by the system. These things happen every now and then, but if you look at how, why they're really happening, they're often driven by the politics of the day, uh, as was the BSE crisis in 2004, as is now the canola crisis, if you want to call it that, in 2019. It's potentially not just canola here we're, we're talking about. Uh, China has suspended the uh, that's telling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they've suspended some pork producers over a labeling Two issue. Two pork shipments. Yeah. That's right. They're also talking about lentils and soybeans and other products. For that reason, uh, Scott Moe was rather adamant uh, this week when he basically suggested that we need reciprocal retaliatory action uh, when it comes to Chinese products. In essence, if they are going to do this to our food products, we need to hit them with the same thing in terms of, I guess, what would amount to be uh, irrational and unfair inspection of, of their food mm -hmm. products. We have a tremendous problem with that, though. As a, a country, Canada is only the fourth 
15th biggest exporter of Chinese food in uh, the world. Uh, and that's way down in the, the range of 400 and some odd million compared to uh, uh, the billions of trade that they would do with the United States and Japan, etc. So we really can't hit them very hard on that particular area. As I think I said earlier, we have a tremendous trade deficit uh, with them because we buy a tremendous amount of dry good products, trinkets, a lot of electronic problems. Uh, products and I think right now our trade deficit for the last two years has yeah. sat at forty-eight billion dollars with China. In that sense, there's lots of places to hit China, but I don't think we really want to do that. I know in Saskatchewan they certainly don't have the stomach to do the things and be hurt in terms of our own economy that is tied to uh, China, which happens to be Saskatchewan and Canada's second biggest trade partner after the United States. So in essence, we're dealing with a situation where whatever retaliatory measures that we could impose either A, won't work because of the imbalance, or B, we really don't want to impose because of uh, uh, the fact it would hurt us more than it would likely hurt uh, the Chinese. And I think there's probably a third factor, David. I think it's the fact that we're dealing with China. And the Middle Kingdom is a, is a country that knows no bounds in terms of what it may or may not decide to do. It's a little bit more flexible in terms of its political decision-making process of saying all of a sudden, well, we we want to engage in unfair trade and, and we shall engage in, in unfair trade, both because of the nature of the regime as a communist regime and the size of the country. We'll be right back. You want your business news and podcast form? Post Media's got you covered. The Financial Post is excited to launch Down to Business, a weekly podcast that digs into top Canadian business stories in under 30 minutes. Get ready to talk business with host Emily Jackson. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or your favorite streaming platform. Are there any areas where Saskatchewan or Canada could say to China, well, fine, we're, we're not going to deal with you on this measure and it could have sway over issues related to food trade. Certainly in, in Saskatchewan and in Canada, immigration investment dollars from China, if you wanted to hit them anywhere, that would be an interesting place to hit them. Because notwithstanding the fact this is a communist regime, its movers and shakers tend to have a lot of money to uh, invest in in certain areas of this country, uh, and 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 certainly have. And if we decide that we are going to retaliate by changing our our rules and laws related to immigrate immigrant investment funds and such, that would certainly be one place where I think that there would be significant uh, notice taken by uh, the Chinese government because of who was affected. Uh, in the same way, it would happen here. But once again, that's a dangerous game too. Because this money that's provided through, uh, in essence, agreements and international uh, uh, agreements at that is very valuable to provinces like yours and mine and certainly valuable to Canada as a, as a whole. And we kind of like having that money come in and do different things and invest in uh, uh, a lot of retail uh, activity in this province, country and elsewhere. Now, Premier Scott Moe is talking about reciprocal action. Is that something that he's he's talking about Saskatchewan doing or he's lobbying the federal government to take this reciprocal action? Well, funny thing about that, it was something that he kind of mentioned uh, in basically a 24-hour to 48-hour period. He raised this notion of reciprocal action and wasn't too definitive. And everyone asked him, 
in the scrum in terms of uh, where he first uh, raised this particular issue. Well, what are you talking about? Can can you give us specifics? Of course, he couldn't, wouldn't, but he was trying to message something very important to him and very probably important to his constituents, which are largely frustrated farmers right now who want and legitimately uh, should have uh, uh, something uh, done about this particular deal. So he talked about these reciprocal actions. Uh, mostly he talked in food, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're winning the food war with China. So right now that's probably not viable. I guess you could cr- probably get into uh, other products, but once again, as previously discussed, what is it that we could do to China mm-hmm. that wouldn't hurt us more than that would hurt them. So th- there's there was that incredible factor. He never got around to really saying the specifics, uh, largely because basically 24 to 48 hours after he said this, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau came forward with pretty much everything uh, Scott Mo wanted in terms of uh, the advanced payment program for farmers. This was something the Saskatchewan had been lobbying uh, for, which would, in essence, provide farmers with uh, interest-free loans so that farmers could basically get their crop in. As you can well imagine, farming, uh, even in what we now call family farms in Saskatchewan, is a pretty large-scale enterprise, and individual farms are actually uh, contributing millions of dollars to the economy and gas and fertilizer and seed costs that they buy. All that obviously costs money in advance. So what they were looking for was advance payment in terms of, of, of grain and potash and uh, grain and, uh, and product sales like, uh, like canola. That was one aspect. And they were looking for what they uh, through the advance uh, 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 payment program, the ability to get $1 million interest-free so that farmers could uh, move forward on loans to get their crop in. Well, they got roughly half of that. Farmers can still now loan as much as $1 million, mm-hmm. which is considerably more uh, than before. I believe the cap was 400000 But more to the point, the interest-free par- portion has been is now half a million dollars uh, as opposed to $100,000 uh, from before. Uh, so that's a significant upgrade for any farmer right now that uh, is thinking about putting in his crop this year. And the far more amazing thing than uh, Scott Mo talking about reciprocal uh, action against the Chinese this week, at least in my mind, the far more amazing thing is he actually said something nice Wednesday about Justin Trudeau and said that, gee, isn't it uh, great that uh, he came through for us and that the federal liberals actually do seem to care about Western farmers. This was something really out of character for uh, for uh, Premier Scott Moe because he's not apt to say nice things about Justin Trudeau or the federal liberal government right now. So we have this advanced payment program, this loan program announced that deals with the issue in the short term. Um, where do we go next from here? What what could happen next or what could the premier want to see happen next? We have to deal with the reality in Saskatchewan and Canada that we have lost a major market to a very valuable Western Canadian uh, product that's that's and certainly in Saskatchewan, uh, very important to the local economy. Uh, and if you go through Saskatchewan right now, or you drive through it in the su- summer, you can sort of see how important it, it is. You're driving through Saskatchewan and all that yellow you see, all those pretty yellow flowers uh, you see when you, you're driving through Saskatchewan because you want to get the health <laughs> to pass out of Saskatchewan as quickly as yeah. you can. 
30 years ago, they didn't really exist. That was all wheat. Now, now, it's, now there is more canola than there is wheat. It's probably, if not our most important agriculture product right now, or at least our second most important agriculture product. Well, it is a huge business story and one we'll be looking uh, for more on in the coming weeks and months. Uh, Murray, thanks very much for your time. Oh, it's a, glad to help. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Technical support this episode from Mark Melnichuk. Special thanks to my guest, Murray Mandrick. You can read more from him at leaderpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>